Hello and welcome everyone. Welcome to the Misfit Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your co-host Taylor Reeves alongside my other co-host Jacob Dupree. Welcome to episode number two. Jacob, how are you doing my friend? Oh, I am stoked. We finally got through the drafts. There's less wondering. It's more knowing. Now I get to contemplate you know where these rookies get to go and how i get to you know just absolutely destroy the league with them (laughs) yeah exactly um yeah i feel like if uh people were reading our text thread they'd be like oh my gosh what the heck is going on and it's you know we're not we're now not talking about hypotheticals we're talking about actual things that occurred during the draft how it affects current rosters what it's going to mean for future rosters far as trades mm-hmm. um you know future free agency picks different things like that oh, yeah. um yeah i really i really enjoyed the draft i thought it was fun to see everything uh you know kind of back to normalcy it was a, it was a very fun atmosphere uh i was with some work buddies of mine um very very interesting uh place to be i was at a san francisco 49ers themed uh bar and grill that was yeah i know it's two blocks it was literally two blocks away from the cowboys practice facility so it was it was the weirdest thing granted i was in a baker mayfield jersey but okay um, i mean there's like an asterisk on that i feel like in that geographical area they kind of look at you and like right right i mean i don't like you because that guy's from across the border but at the Mm -hmm. same time i mean he's from here so it's mixed emotions it's a grab bag I found some respect though, uh, in there, as far as jerseys go, you know, you had a, a, a solid, uh, old school Jerry Rice Jersey that I saw Okay. probably the most interesting thing was there was like this family that came in with Denver Broncos. Um, yeah, we had, we had Vaughn Miller. Um, I think I saw a case Keenum Jersey, I believe. Yeah. So, uh, but there was this sweet retro Terrell Davis Jersey. And I was like, all right, they're cool. That's a reference. I, I, yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm good. I was like, that's a callback. It, <laughs> you, you got me. I'm good. Um, but yeah, that that place went wild when uh, Trey Lance was picked. Um, I don't know. I don't some know were why. happy, and then a lot of other people like walked out. So I don't know. I mean, I was walked out because Justin Fields was still sitting there. I mean, I'm just saying. But you know, we'll we'll just talk about that after Justin Fields. You know, goes like 11 and six in his first year in Chicago. Who said exactly? That? <laughs> how'd, how'd your dynasty team make it out amigo i mean i know i, uh, I had a couple things that had me sweating but i think mm-hmm. i'm okay uh real quick the the only thing that kind of concerned me was jameson crowder i, I know people are like who um <laughs> yes he he was a wide receiver for the new york jets last year probably around a wide receiver 35 he was a decent wide receiver if everyone was depleted and on bye weeks um <laughs> but you know they drafted elijah moore you have zach wilson in there he's a much better jameson uh sorry uh, Jamison Crowder, um, you yeah, know, Elijah would, Moore's got the speed. He, he killed it with the rebels. With yeah, the why boys. would you pay $10 more million for a receiver that you could just cut and have the better version of the receiver? You just cut. Exactly. Exactly. So, what about you, just, sir? Just saying, but for me, I mean, <laughs> the, the thing that scares me the most is Kyle Pitts going to Atlanta. Obviously I have both Falcons receivers on my dynasty roster and Julio and Calvin Ridley. But I mean, I'm interested to see how this impacts Julio because he already has those trade rumors flying around around him. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, and if he stays, the only thing that I think that I really want is, you know, to a higher degree is Matt Ryan. Just because, I mean, if you're throwing to essentially three freaks of nature running around the field, running four fours and under. Yeah. Well, it's not the 11. His starting running back is Mike Davis. And Mike Davis sounds like he should run an accountant firm or like an insurance or something. I mean, 
we have, we know some friends who do insurance. You could work with them. Right. Right. Hey, <laughs> um, quick question. If you are a defensive coordinator, who are you putting your number one defensive back on? Do you put them on Calvin Ridley? Do you put them on Julio still? Do you put them on Kyle Pitts, Hayden Hurst in some situations? I mean, who, who are you picking? I, I personally would still say Julio just because I mean, right. he's, he's still Julio. I mean, he's, and he's proven it. Yeah. Yeah. He's six, four, he's two thirty. I mean, he can out jump anyone. So the only way you're going to possibly stop him is to attempt to slow him down. But I mean, Quintoris Rex always comes away with a successful hunt. All right. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Just saying. Exactly. Exactly. My friend. Okay. So we teased oh, so it last excited. week. Yes. So excited. All right. So commissioner, we have the first official commissioner's corner. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I looked at, uh, took a sneak peek at some of these roasts and, mm. and oh my gosh. Uh, and you were also bragging about potentially trying to do this in under three minutes. If I remember correctly, listen, I'm shooting for under three, but I can almost get it under two. Like I can feel it in my bones. So I hope you boys <laughs> brought your napkins to stuff in your shirt and you'll cover your lap because it's about to get messy with this quick roast. Okay. All righty. I hope you guys all brought your sunscreen because we're about to get burnt. It's, okay. it's going to be, let me get the all mindset, right. salty, sassy, and then sarcastic. Got it. I'm ready. <laughs> all right. I'm here. All right. You ready, Kamesh? Deep okay. Breath. I'm ready. Okay. All right. Three, two, one, go. Jeremy, your team is a hot mess and I'm pretty sure that I could be the running back one for your team. You should have valid rosters this year because that kind of helps, you know, bring home wins. Chris, you have all those wide receivers, but not a single one is worth a ding. Hashtag Pat's back hurts. You do know that receptions give your team points, right? Cacho, speaking of hot messes, you need to blow it up like a bathroom after T-Bell, man. You need a running back or five. I mean, you just need it all. Don't worry. With, with your pick, I might pick a running back for myself. Cameron, you might want to break that vow of silence that you've had since 2018. You only have nine messages in the sleeper chat. I mean, come on, dude. You need to start sending trades because your team fell apart quicker than Todd Gurley's knees. I mean, he's got a walker walking nowadays. He's got hashtag grandpa knees. Jance, <laughs> once again, I'll bring up receptions giving you points because that might help you finally climb up the all-time rankings. I mean, you have an 11 and 28 as an all-time record. That's just sad. Chaz, honestly, dude, level with me. How are you this far away from being the bottom of the league is as shocking to you as it should be to me. Your running backs are on par with Casey's, which is just not good. Taylor, second your running backs will make or break your team. That, and you better pray to all that is good and holy in this world that your wide receivers stay the quarterback's favorites or you'll be picking in the top four guaranteed. <sighs> Casey, you know, I try to say some nice things, but no. Perpetually living in the middle of the pack is the worst place to be. Settle or sell for mediocrity. You can give me Tyreek Hill. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Dayton, you have a steady trend. Like, there's a steady trend progressing with our league that wide receivers are just an afterthought. You, what receptions give you points, okay? That helps also your roster is starting to age out so have fun colby kind of like Chaz, but to a bigger extent how are you this far away from the bottom if camara doesn't carry your team you're going to be in a picking in the top three merry christmas to you i guess me my entire success depends on an every place sustains a season ending injury known as dalvin cook my wide receivers are getting older but most importantly why did i trade darren waller for zach Ertz? i will never know Austin, magically, you made it back here in spite of failing to set a valid lineup unless I shot you a message. And freaking Jimmy Graham, leave me alone because I should be in the 12 spot, man. I should be here. All right. I'm 
Let's move on. Oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> the emotions. Commissioner, you did quite well. Under three minutes. It was two minutes and 19 seconds. Nailed it. And listen, Good job, sir. I kept it together. I didn't take any personal shots unless it was at, you know, a couple people, which is no shame. It's nothing abnormal. If you have a problem with what I said about your team, well, you can either send me a text or, I don't know, get over it. <laughs> uh, I feel like I need aloe vera for that burn, and I wasn't even a part of the league last year. Um, Are you sure it's not just because you're, you know, ginger, you're naturally okay, like okay, okay. I mean, I'm just saying. All right, all right. Nah, I mean, I understand that. I get that. I, I do Casey wear SPF 100. I mean, I mean, Casey and Cameron can probably lend you some. They're they're right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> all righty, sir. So moving right along, um, this draft had a very interesting set of trends. Uh, we have a lot of teammates reteaming up from high school. Uh, sorry, <laughs> not high, high school, school college. They might as well be high school buddies. Uh, the well. way some of them act. Uh, whether it be Jacksonville with the Clemson vibe between Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, Cincinnati, you know, Jer Joe Burrow. Ho -ho. We were <laughs> able to, hey, hey, we were able to. You got to, that one right. I got that one right. I'm telling you, they got Jamar Chase. Now, granted, people are going to be in the background going, you didn't get an offensive lineman. Me. He's not going to be able to toss it to him. I know, I know. But still, he got his boy, Jamar Chase. So we have the LSU crew there and then of course we have the alabama vibe we have it with uh tua tonga vailoa along with jalen waddle reteaming back up with the dolphins and then of course the beloved idols the philadelphia <laughs> eagles um you got jalen hurts and company out there with the reigning heisman trophy winner uh Devontae smith and to see what they're able to do with that atrocious group of wide receivers with travis <laughs> fulham coming back as the number one uh, returning receiver. So Devonte should have no trouble being able to get some uh, catches this year. Just have um, some trouble sustaining a hit from a linebacker. <laughs> exactly. So Jacob commissioner, my question to you is which dynasty duo do you see that you would rather have out of that group? I mean, I, I just look at this segment. I can just hear the song in the back of my head, you know, reunited and it feels so good because Joe Burrow, I'm sure he was calling all of the high brass in Cincinnati and says, listen, my boy is sitting here. I know I just lost my knee because someone broke through the line. But if Jamar Chase is there, I would have just thrown it up in the air. And if they'd hit me, it would have been at least a 15-yard penalty because I think that's the layup here. I think it's Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow is the, the top draft duo just because you saw what they did together at LSU. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just sheer dominance. I mean, Jamar Chase had 1,800 yards, 20 touchdowns. Joe Burrow threw, I think it was, how many touchdowns was it? 50? It was like over 60, yeah. Over 60 touchdowns over the course yeah. of a year, and Jamar Chase was a third of those. I just think that that right there is set up for success because he's going to be the first, second, and then also third read for Joe Burrow just because mm -hmm. he's so used to that connection. He looks up and says, oh, look, there's number one streaking down the sideline. Hey, boy, catch this, and launches it, and usually Jamar Chase comes down with mm -hmm. it because he's that good. Yeah, and I think what people forget about uh, about the offense that he was a part of, he was a part of a team that had two other first-round draft picks, mm -hmm. and then I think it was a third-round draft pick with Terrence Marshall. So you have Justin Jefferson, who was arguably uh, a top-10 fantasy wide receiver last year oh, with he the was. Vikings. He was number four? 
Yeah. And then, you know, Clyde um, Edwards Hilaire. Um, I think he was a terrific running back for the Chiefs and obviously is going to come back from uh, injury this year. So, I mean, the fact that he was able to do that in that offense and be able to bring him into the NFL, it's going to be seamlessly. Um, I think for me, it was, a, it was a difficult choice between them and then also with Jacksonville. Jacksonville felt enticing because I was like, ooh, Travis, you know, getting together with Sunshine there, with Trevor Lawrence. Sunshine. I'm like, mm, you know, and be able to kind of do like a one-two punch there. And But then I was also thinking like, well, they have Josh Robinson there. Yes, I said it correctly this week. By the way, all I, welcome. I, I think we're still wrong because last week I got it wrong. It's James Robinson. So that's on me as well. Oh, so look gosh. at us. Oh Misfits. my gosh. Hashtag fit for laugh. Nothing's perfect. Right. Make it work. I'll put this in the blooper reel. Uh, <laughs> the entire episode. Dang, dude. Only 12 minutes in. I've been practicing that for so long. I was like, Josh Robinson, <laughs> Josh Robinson, James I Robinson. Like, in I led you astray. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I can't agree with you more. I, I think Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, going to be dynamite. Uh, I completely see Jamar Chase going you know, top three in our fantasy, fantasy draft, FYI, just saying, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm, I, I yeah. am number three, so I can, <laughs> it might be a possibility. I'm just saying. Yeah. But I don't see you passing up on Kyle Pitts if he makes it there, but that, that that's talk for another day. We, we don't want to get there. too much of our trade secrets. You know, <laughs> I have to read that out of my diary when that day comes <laughs> dear diary <laughs> draft day has come. Uh, but yeah, so, all righty. So, okay. you know, so we, I got, hold on. I, I got a real question for you. Okay. So then you have, you know, Tua and Jalen and then, or two, wow, sorry, Tua and Jalen Waddle because there's another Jalen. Mm-hmm. Then Jalen Hurts and Devonta Smith. I think, you know, Cincinnati and Jacksonville, it's a clear one and two. But between those two, I don't necessarily know which one I believe. Like, yeah, I'm a Dolphins fan, but I'll admit, you know, Tagovailoa didn't look that great. Mm-hmm. I personally am not the biggest believer in Jalen Waddle because he was injured his entire college career. Yeah. I mean, we can talk all we want about how he and Devonta Smith through the first, like I think four or five games of the 2020 season that Waddle was the more productive receiver. Right. But at the same time, I mean, he got, he got injured again. And then you go to the flip side with Jalen Hurts and Devonta Smith. I mean, Jalen Hurts, he ran the ball and that was his success last year. It wasn't necessarily as a passer. Right. Devonta Smith is, you know, yeah, he's the slim reaper, but at the same time, he's a super slim reaper. So of, of those two, you know, pairings, if you had to choose, you know, for your own fantasy squad, which yeah. one would you be aiming for? Like, I don't know, like, let's, let's shoot for a redraft. Like, which one of those two do you think that you'd rather have on your team to set yourself up? Um, I would probably rather have the Dolphins group just because the organization as a whole um, you know, they have Brian Flores as the head coach, bringing the whole Patriot way down there. Um, I believe they went 10 and six last year, you know, just was on the outside of the, uh, of the postseason. Uh, yeah. And this may just be because of my hatred for the Ittles. Um, but that (laughs) team is a complete dumpster fire. You trade away your number two, uh, draft pick known as Carson Wentz. Now I understand there was a lot of QB drama around there. Everyone was wanting Nick Foles, Carson Wentz, whoever it was, they gave him the giant contract. You had all these players that were happy because they're li- they're still living off the fumes of a Super Bowl win three years ago, um, and now all of a sudden you draft a quarterback in the second round. Granted, you know Jalen's a good quarterback. I watch Jalen just like everybody else. Uh, I think Jalen is a terrific uh, leader. Uh, he's still got a lot of work to do as a passer, in my opinion. Terrific runner. 
Um, having Devontae there, I think it's definitely going to help him. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this is a, a clear cut, the Dolphins uh, uh, duo between Jalen Waddell and Tua Tungavailoa is going to be a better, uh, for my for my buck, in my yeah. opinion, on the roster. I think you're going to get yeah. more production out of them. I'm right there with you. I think, you know, they said all they needed to say about what they thought about Tua this offseason by signing Will Will Fuller by, you know, mm-hmm. drafting his old college teammate, Jalen Waddell, at, you know, the 106 this year in the NFL draft. I think that they're definitely investing into Tua when coming into the draft. I mean, it was, are the, is Philly going to draft a quarterback? Is Jalen Hurts really the guy? Like, are they going to, like, like I said, are they going to draft a quarterback at their draft pick? I think they had like, you know, like 113 or whatever. Yeah. But that was a real question. But, you know, I, I would agree with you. That organization definitely has bought into Tua, at least for this upcoming year. But, yes. Well, so unless, you know, Deshaun Watson, you know, gets cleared and, and that, that thing opens back up, but that's a whole can of worms in and of itself. (laughs) (laughs) We could, we could literally do probably a month's worth of podcasts just on what's going on there. Uh, and and the dumpster fire known as the Houston Texans, because speaking of dumpster fire, that's like (laughs) lighting those giant New York city barges on fire, pushing it off and saying, Hey, look, it's the Texans. (laughs) Exactly. But well, all right, man. Well, you kind of collect yourself because I'm that was a good one. I'm not gonna lie, I'm still giving. (laughs) But you know, the next thing we're gonna talk about is you know, and it's titled, you know, why are you sitting at my desk? I can just see Jim from the office walking into Dwight, just sitting there looking Mm -hmm. at like Jim or Dwight, why are you sitting in my seat? And you know, this this whole segment (laughs) is just based around you know, vets who have been most impacted by by the draft. It could be positive, it could be negative, just kind of what we saw as a big impact and something that changes someone. You're like, I'll go ahead and run with it since I'm already here. And I kind of briefly hit on it earlier, Julio Jones. I mean, with Calvin Ridley stepping up last year and whenever he was injured and then the team drafting Kyle Pitts, and then you add on trade rumors because he has a massive, I think $22 million cap hit. Yes. It just seems like the beginning of the torch being handed off to the next generation of, you know, Falcons pass catchers, just because, I mean, it kind of happened with him and Roddy White. I mean, Back in the day, it was, well, which one would you rather have? And then all of a sudden, you saw Julio take this massive step when Roddy was out with an ankle injury for the last eight games. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, I mean, it's, it's the Julio Jones show. So, I mean, whenever it comes to I, both Dynasty and Redraft, I honestly think he's a wide receiver too. I think he has still has that top you know, like six, seven potential, but I think he's, his, bottom, his floor is much lower than it was based off of just other players that are around him. Right. Uh, quick question on that. If, if you... If he does get traded, where do you think would be a good spot for Julio to go to? Oh and I know this God. is a soft spot. <laughs> this is this is a soft spot in my soul. But I mean, because <laughs> I looked at this the other day because I was genuinely curious. And I have two two spots, both of which are kind of crazy. And I looked, they both have cap space that so they could do it. Honestly, I think he could get traded to the Packers because the Packers would have to dump some cap in exchange for that. But think mm-hmm. about that what better way to appease a pissed off Aaron Rodgers and say, Hey, you know, that big guy in Atlanta who runs really fast, like the teammate that you already have in Devonte Adams. Well, he's coming to your team. We just traded for Julio Jones. I think you would see Aaron Rodgers. He would zip up that jeopardy jacket, throw it in the closet and he'd show up for training camp without any questions. And then the other spot just quickly is the jets call me crazy, but anytime you're the number one for a guy who can throw the ball 40 yards down the field, Mm-hmm. With years of blink of an eye, I think that would be a solid spot as well. I, I agree. I, I could see both of those working out. And then speaking of trade rumors, I mean, A-Rod. Uh, but man, it's, 
I mean, with the draft, it was like every day that happened, there was new mm. news about the teams. And it's like, you can feel football is right around the corner, even though it's still like yep. 120 <laughs> some odd days away. And I'm just like, feels like it's tomorrow. Like the way everything's working out with the teams and stuff. Oh man. Um, okay. So one of the players that I saw that, um, you know, is, you know, wondering that could be most impacted by the draft was Kirk cousins. And I'm, I'm know that everyone's wondering, okay, why Kirk cousins? I mean, Kirk cousins, uh, you know, he's firmly QB one there in Minnesota. Um, you know, he's been paid a conglomerate amount of money. Uh, but it was very interesting. So the other day I was listening to Yahoo and they had uh, Robert Griffin, the third, or as he likes to be known as RG three, um, from, <laughs> he was on the bleacher report and they were talking about, you know, some game changing type players. Uh, and he brought up Kellen Mon. Now, based on this interview, you can tell he is still salty about what went down He's with the Washington football real. team when he took over his team. I mean, he wasn't even talking. He didn't even say Kirk's name to like halfway through the interview. He kept referring to him as number eight. (laughs) Um, So, um, you know, but he made some valid points. So, I mean, Kirk has, has been going consistently, uh, you know, eight and eight, nine and seven, but you know, the Vikings have been making the playoffs, you know, they beat the saints a couple of years ago, but I also agree. I mean, Kirk can have that year where he can goes one and six. So, I mean, clearly with the Vikings drafting Kalamon, uh, you know, on the 66 pick, uh, I, I mean, I think it's, it's plausible. I mean, if, if the Vikings start out one and six again, and they're like, well, you know, we can't hand it off to Dalvin for 45 times. We've got to have a quarterback here, you know, Kellen. I mean, it's a very similar situation yeah. that Philadelphia had last year. It's like, when are you going to pass it off? Maybe just get like a different chains of pace player. Definitely. And, you know, Kellen can definitely do that. Uh, so, I mean, watch out. I mean, who knows? Maybe the Vikings are looking for a QB change. Yeah, I, I definitely can see that. I mean, I think it, personally, I think it's more of a, we're going to set him back here so he can learn under someone who's more of a, mm-hmm. you know, because say what you want about Kirk, he's still an accurate passer. So oh, yeah, I think absolutely. they're trying to give Kellen Mond that opportunity to kind of absorb a little bit about what it's like to be in the NFL from someone who's, you know, he's been in the league since that's 2013, 2014, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So I think they're just kind of trying to give him that opportunity to be the next quarterback. And, you know, selfishly, why don't they hand the ball to Dalvin Cook 45 times a game? I mean, <laughs> I personally would love that. Dalvin's knees would not, but I know he may get injured again. I mean, you talked about <laughs> you talked about it in the roast. I'm just saying we speak no evil about that man. Jacob, who's second on your list, my friend? I mean, I think the easiest and most layup of all of layups here is James Robinson from the Jacksonville Jaguars, which we finally got his name right. I hope, I hope I don't look at this later and it's another <laughs> different name John or John or something. I don't know, but right. once again, James, the cake is in the mail, <laughs> but I mean, I think that he's an easy loser because the, his team drafted Travis Etienne in the first round. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, just period right there. Yes. He was the undrafted free agent story that everyone talks about, but then you know, the team obviously kind of looked at him and said, you know, we can't go into the season with just you being the guy getting 90% of all running back snaps in the backfield. I mean, I think that they might start off pretty even like 50, 50 ish split, but it's just going to take one game of ETN having 150 combined yards, five catches mm-hmm. and two touchdowns before he is the lead dog in that backfield. And I don't feel bad about saying that, you know, I feel sad for the story of mm-hmm. Mr. Robinson yeah. But at the same time, I mean, I don't think they're going to draft a first-round running back and not use him because, I mean, you you know Trevor Lawrence literally said, hey, Urban, 
This is my boy. I owe him a couple favors. Let's let's get him in here. And I just think that he's going to be a guy who just he takes that offense with Trevor Lawrence up to the next level. And unfortunately, James Robinson's kind of kind of going to fall by the wayside and take that brunt. True, and not to mention they traded up mm-hmm. in the draft to get him. And and you know, Urban broke two rules: one, you traded up into the draft, and two, you picked a running back at 18. I mean, that's rule number one, unless he's a transcendent running back, which obviously urban's thinking, thinking that Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what that Jaguars offense does. I mean, I've enjoyed watching urban's offenses over the years with that spread power option. So obviously I don't see him, you know, having a lot of QB runs, you know, up the middle. So being able to get some screen games and different things, kind of like you said, 150 yards. Yeah. I completely agree. Travis is going to be uh, RB one very quickly in that yeah. offense. It's just it's just a matter of time before Mr. Etn comes running up the middle, makes a little cut to the left, makes a seventy-five yard run, and Urban just looks at James and just says, "Yeah, take this take this next drive off." <laughs> All right. So the second person that I have on my list is Marquise Brown, and it pains me to say it because he's a former OU player. I know I had to get it in there, and. <laughs> You know, uh, the Ravens, uh, I think they're trying to get Lamar some passing support uh, Mm -hmm. with the drafting of Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota in the first, and then Tylen Wattis from Oklahoma State in the fourth round. Uh, Yes, I think that was a terrific pick. I mean, I remember Wallace. I got nervous when we played Wallace because it was like, I mean, he was a a Fred Belenikoff winner, right, in 2018? He was was either a winner or a finalist because he and Chuba Hubbard were leading the nation in – total yards for their respective positions. But you know what? I'm right. just an LSU fan. You, you can keep going on about this. Play, but... <laughs> no, but I, I mean, I agree with that. I mean, he's yeah. probably the best wide receiver product. <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, to come out of OSU since uh, Justin Blackman, in my opinion. Oh, I, I rank care, him ahead of James Washington. That. Careful with that, that name reference there. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Look, I know he had his troubles, but he he was a You're terrific right. college uh wide receiver and could have been a terrific NFL player. Um, But, you know, with the Ravens drafting both of them and with coming into an offense that, excuse me, was last in passing yards and passing attempts, um, you know, Brown, uh, Brown was the number one wide receiver for the Ravens. I fully expect either his production to either decrease or the Ravens are trying to work into some new, maybe type of explosive offense of, they're trying to balance it out more so that way, you know, they can try to help linebackers to quit keying on Lamar. I feel like they're kind of running into that. And I feel like it's very similar to kind of what the 49ers were running into with Colin Kaepernick when they were kind of running that pistol formation yeah. where it was like, that. we're, we're going to put two linebackers on you. And I mean, Lamar's a terrific player. I mean, Lamar's going to be able to figure it out, but I feel like they're just kind of wanting some more explosiveness on the outside. And you definitely get that with Tylen with the deep ball, being able mm-hmm. to catch balls in um, traffic. And I think you kind of get that also with, with uh, Rashad Bateman. Um, but yeah, I, I fully expect Marquise Brown, you know, his production to go down. Um, yeah. Jacob, who do you have uh, third on your list? Uh, I'll quickly quickly touch on the Baltimore situation. I mean, obviously, like I personally am not a Lamar believer. We'll get into this when we get to our quarterback rankings. <laughs> hint, <But> hint. <laughs> I know, but I just I feel like the because if you look at those two receivers, they are a different kind of different type of receiver than Marquise Brown. They're not burners. They're body up, go get the ball receivers, which I think is what they need because Lamar's you know a less than accurate quarterback. We can politely say that. So I think they're just trying to help that out by, you know, masking the problem by bringing in 
more specialists from that area. Right. But my, my other guy that I have is, you know, on the brighter side of life, it's Matt Ryan. We just talked about, you know, the Falcons. <laughs> this is the Falcon show for me. Right. But the <laughs> really Falcons is. had nine total draft picks. They used one on the arguably the top pass catcher in this draft. Mm-hmm. They had, they took zero running backs in the, in, you know, once again, throughout the course of the draft, they strengthened the offensive line. They had a third and a fourth round pick where they added to that. I just look at that and that's, they told they told us nothing other than hey we're about to throw the ball 700 times and in a text that you sent me the falcons are going to be trying to win 42 to 40 football games right like to me he is a big winner because that was you know something everyone was you know thinking that maybe etn was going to get there maybe they'd take javante williams in the second maybe they would take you know michael carter or even trey sermon somewhere in the draft right but instead they stood pat they took you know probably the best player they could see at the time which turned out to being matt ryan successful because you know you asked me this question earlier if you're a defense who do you try to cover do you cover julio calvin or kyle and i look at that and i say i mean you you don't you have three arguably you know top i'm already gonna put kyle pitts up there three top 10 in your positions who like how do you set that up to succeed and to me that just says matt ryan's going to be able to throw the ball he's a top eight quarterback easy in fantasy this year Right. And, and I agree with that. I, I think fully that that Matt is going to be back to form this year. And not only that, I, you know, the Falcons proved that they're committed to him, at least for the next two years with that massive yeah. cap hit. Uh, but oh by that, but also not drafting a quarterback. I mean, they could have taken Justin Fields or, or yeah. Mac Jones at that point. I mean, they had great options there. They could have traded out of the pick, but they said, no, we're staying pat. We're drafting Kyle Pitts, the best pass catcher uh, on the board. And I think they're very happy with it. It's going to be a very interesting dynamic passing offense. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, Okay. His starting running back is Mike Davis. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, No doubt, no shade on what he did last year because he did fantastic. But at the same time, I mean, come on. They had opportunities to take upper tier talent and they didn't. Mm -hmm. They instead opted to go with the best pass catcher. And to me, that just says, hey, Matt, I hope you have that that arm all iced up and ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they they just went, you know what, we're all in on this and, you know, we're just, uh, you know, for the next two years, we got to figure this out. And then I think they'll reassess and reset, reset the team at that point. 100%. Um, okay. So the number three on my list, who's going to take a uh, potential hit is Eric Ebron uh, from the Pittsburgh Steelers. He plays tight end. Uh, Pittsburgh drafted Pat Fryermuth in the second round. Uh, Pat can become a, a new red zone threat there for uh, Big Ben. And I expect uh, expect Pat to be able to move into the mold of an Eric Ebron by the end of the season. Uh, you know, they, they have very similar traits. And not only that, uh, you know, Pat's got soft hands. Uh, you know, he's really able to cradle the ball. And I think he'd be a terrific red zone threat. You know, Ebron, he had six drops last season was tied for second highest in the league among tight ends. So I fully Jeez, expect, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and even with, uh, even with the drops, I mean, he was a still, you know, a top 15 tight end, which isn't seeing a whole lot. Uh, but you know, if you're looking for some consistency there, I, I fully expect for him to take, take a dive on that. And Pat Fryermuth is going to be the one that you're going to have in the red zone. So his touchdowns, I mean, he only had five, but still, I mean, I, I fully expect his um, production to take a hit. I mean, Pat, Pat Fryermuth is a guy that if it wasn't for Kyle Pitts, we would be gushing about how he's the top prospect of tight ends of this year's class by a mile. But, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, he came out with, you know, the wonderful unicorn known as Kyle Pitts. 
I mean, I, I definitely agree with you. I don't see why they draft him in the second round. And then they say, no, 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 you have to wait behind a guy who mm-hmm. drops passes, who is no longer as, you know, as athletic as he used to be. I, I mean, I think he's going to be their starting tight end. I mean, you know, I'll be, that's not really necessarily, you know, proclaiming him to fantasy greatness or stardom, but it right. definitely sets up that opportunity. And, you know, in fantasy opportunities, it's typically king. I definitely, I'm definitely with you on that. So, I mean, in a redraft, is he someone that you're targeting in the late rounds, or are you just going to let him be a midseason addition once he kind of has that first game of, you know, getting targets or showing up with yards? Oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I think I would have to think long and hard, like around 13 and 14. You know, the last two rounds of mm-hmm. the draft, you're just like, all right, who, who am I going to pick up just to throw on the uh, on the <laughs> roster here? Uh, either that one matchup yeah yeah either that or i i think yeah he'll definitely be one of the top top prospects for the waiver wire um so if he gets some early losses in the season you may be thanking yourself later on because if you're able to get pat fryermuth i mean he may he may explode i mean i don't know he may i think honestly with the the steelers offense they may be trying to get to more of that heath miller sort of uh, tight end option where Eric Eric's a great option, but you know, like I said, he had a lot of drops last year. And if you can't be reliable as a pass catcher, it's kind of difficult to find work in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the name of the game, but, but yeah, I mean, so remember last week we was, you know, it was last week we talked yeah. about those two sleeper guys. Uh, you had Trey Sermon. He got drafted by the 49ers in the third round. And we were talking pre pre podcast for a second and, we both were kind of shocked at that. So, I mean, what does that tell you for your boy who got picked up by you know, the oh, Shanahan man. running system? Well, first and foremost, I just want to thank Kyle Shanahan uh, for listening to the podcast and was listening to me. <laughs> uh, I think he over, I think we oversold it because he picked him in the third. I was saying maybe fifth round. So he, he picked him two rounds ahead of what I was projecting. I don't know. Um, we convinced him with, you know, the 300 yard game. <laughs> yeah. So Kyle, uh, thank you for that. We're also going to send you a cake along with James. <laughs> Uh, let me know what flavor you like i'll probably send you a red velvet unless you're allergic to cocoa um you know just the red kind of getting some of the uh the crimson there for the 49ers um no i i think trey going to the 49ers is a terrific fit they don't really have a lot of depth right now between uh, behind uh, mosert uh, i think trey is got drafted right where he needed to be and obviously they proved that they wanted to put some value behind that pick with him being a third round pick uh, I could definitely see Trey, you know, fitting into that third down back role. Uh, and with Trey, that that's what's interesting is that he'll be able to give them the option to, you'll really be able to disguise the play on third down of whether you're going to do, you know, a halfback draw or into a passing situation far as mm-hmm. screen passes yeah. or just going deep. Yeah, I definitely like Ray Leonard because I feel like he's probably the second best guy. And, you know, Raheem Mostert, while he can run 22 miles an hour with full pads, he also gets hurt, but you know, every third game he goes down with an ankle injury, it seems like. Right. But I definitely think, you know, he's going to be someone that he'll, he will have his time in the sun and it just depends on if he's Icarus and gets a little too close and melts. Right. Or if he hits that nice gentle sweet spot and just kind of floats around the world. Yeah. And once again, you have the NFC West is loading up with players. Uh, that mm-hmm. division is ridiculous right now. Um, Jacob, uh, you had a uh, Brown, the sleeper pick and, uh, we, we kind of talked about that on draft night. He went to the, uh, the lowly lions. Um, so that, that probably already tells how you probably feel about the pick, but <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Okay. 
Yes, the spot's not necessarily that great. And, you know, apparently I have a growing affection for Jared Goff. Don't ask me why, because I don't know either. I, I think it's I those know. concussions from, you know, our high school football career kind of catching up with me a little bit. <laughs> but, I mean, when push comes to shove, he's, you know, six foot, mm-hmm. 200 pounds. You know, people were saying that he's the most pro ready. They were comparing him to Robert Woods, which I think is perfect because so far those three, you know, the three big receivers came out of USC and Robert Woods, um, Michael Pittman Jr. And then Amon Monroe St. Brown, mm-hmm. they all had the same archetype. They were just, they were ready to play. And I think he's someone, you know, like spoiler alert, I'll probably be targeting in our rookie draft. You're welcome league. Don't take him, please. I might cry, <laughs> but I think he's someone that he's going to get the opportunity because he's competing with Tyrell Williams, Rashad Perriman, Quintez Cephas. And with, you yeah. know, three of those names, you're probably wondering who's that. I don't know him. That guy sounds like he's fake. Right. So and, I think, and there's definitely shoes to fill there with a uh, Galladay gone now. I agree. Yeah, I mean, he, he can step in and he can be the number one target for Jared Goff, which, you know, obviously that's me living in a dream world to make myself feel right and, you know, bump up that old ego, but it'll be okay. I, I still, you know, I like where he landed. It's not green Bay, but it's, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Jacob, Let's uh, wrap up the podcast here a little bit. Do you have any last remarks for this week? I would definitely like to tell everybody that your butts are about to get kicked this upcoming season by yours truly, because I don't know, I can. Uh, also, we will be posting that poll in sleeper chat. So please respond, Cameron. I'm looking right at you with your nine messages. I fully expect that to be doubled by the end of the year, young man. <laughs> but, you know, we just want to say thank you for you guys for listening. You know, and if you're not a part of our dynasty league, thanks for listening on to hear me roast their buns. Hopefully they can, you know, get that nice cool shower, get the aloe and get the sad music in the background playing to make themselves feel better. Yes, absolutely. Thank you to everyone that's been listening to the podcast. We appreciate all of the, uh, the comments and the uh, ratings that we've been getting. Uh, we appreciate uh, all the information that you guys are handing us to help make this podcast the best that it can be. Uh, rate and review wherever you're listening. Give us five stars and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Adios. Bye-bye.